We're in a series called New You, and we're going to be in this series for the next several weeks, and we're looking at different areas of our life on how we become a new you. Many people start at at the beginning of a new year, they want to make some changes. They want some things to be different from the previous years. And the question is, how do we do that? And how do we make these changes in these huge areas of our life? Last week, we talked about health. We talked about new body. The week before, we talked about the workplace. We talked about how to be a new you at work. And today, I want to talk about new relationships, new relationships. And I, I, I stumbled across this online this week, and it made me laugh. Uh, I have a, a, a dry sense of humor at times, and I read this, and I just started laughing out loud. And I want to share these seven surefire ways to annoy people with you today. And those of you with a dry sense of humor like I have, you'll think it's really funny. All right, here's the first surefire way to annoy people. Specify that your drive through order is to go. And so when you pull up to McDonald's in the drive through window, you order your Big Mac and you go, now that's the goal now. I just want you to know that. People going to get on your nerves. You're going to get on people's nerves if you do that. Here's a second surefire way to annoy people is keep your car windshield wipers running in all weather conditions. It's, it's sunshine, clear skies. You're going to annoy people if you do that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Here's another surefire way to annoy people. Reply to everything someone says with, with this. That's what you think. Just go ahead and respond to people like that. Every time they say something, you're going you, you to get on their nerves. I got to go to the bathroom. That's what you think. I'm hungry. That's what you think. Yeah, you, you're going to get on people's nerves. Here's a four, fourth surefire way to annoy people. Finish all of your sentences with... Thus saith the Lord. You're going to get on people's nerves. I got to go pick up my kids. Thus saith the Lord. I'm just, I'm just saying that's annoying. Here's another surefire way to annoy people. is signal that a conversation, every conversation is over by clapping three times. So when you get done with a conversation. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I can do that. I'm just saying. That's annoying. That's all I'm saying. All right, here's another surefire way to annoy people. Staple papers in the middle of the page. That's annoying. Here's another surefire way to annoy people. Ask people what gender they are. You a man? You a woman? Listen, 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 listen. Listen, here's what I want you to understand. There are a lot of annoying people on planet Earth. A lot. Matter of fact, one out of every three people are annoying. One out of every three. Let's participate. Let's do this exercise right now. Look to the neighbor on the right-hand side of you. Come on, look at them. If they don't annoy you, look to the neighbor on the left side of you. If they don't annoy you, guess who the annoying person is? Listen, listen, there are a lot of men and women who have bad people skills. Friends, can I tell you that many of life's problems stem from bad people skills, stem from people who have bad relationship skills. 
There are many of us right now that are going through issues related to our bad relationship skills. Maybe it's an anger issue, it's hostility, it's flying off the handle, it's retaliating, it's unforgiveness, it's bitterness, there's anger issues, and we deal with this stress and this tension and this lack of peace in our life, oftentimes because of bad people skills. And the reality is, if you want to honor God in your life, if you want to live a successful life, you must develop your people skills. We have to become a new you in the area of our relationships. And what I want to do today is I want to give you five ways to win in relationships. Five ways to win in relationships. And if you're sitting there right now and you're thinking, well, I don't really need this. My relationship skills are fine. You're an annoying person and you just don't know it. Because we all need to develop. We all need to do better. We all need to grow in this area of relationships. And the Bible is power packed on how we win in relationships. The first thing is this, is don't burn bridges. One of the most destructive relationship behaviors in our world is burning bridges. And and first of all, burning bridges is not biblical. And second of all, you never know when you need to cross that bridge again. Friends, don't burn bridges. Don't leave a friendship with issues and problems and hostility. Don't leave a job with issues and hostility. Don't leave a church with issues and hostility. Don't burn bridges. Listen, oftentimes in life, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And if you ruin relationships with who you know, it can hinder where you go. Don't burn bridges. The Bible says it like this in Luke chapter 6 and verse 27. Jesus says, but I tell you, who hear me, love your enemies. That is so contrary to how we live. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Don't get even. Don't burn bridges. You actually, listen, if you're going to be a Christ follower led by the Spirit of God, if you're going to have excellent people skills, you do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. When's the last time you did that? Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If somebody strikes you on one cheek, punch them in the neck. Some of you thought that's what the Bible said. It does not say that. I just want you to know that. You are not being biblical. It says, listen, Scripture says if someone strikes you on one cheek, don't burn bridges. Turn to him, the other also. If someone takes your cloak, First of all, file a police report. But second of all, do not stop him from taking your tunic. In other words, don't retaliate. Don't burn bridges. The scripture says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 17, do not repay anyone evil for evil, which most people do. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Now, verse 18, this is one of my life scriptures. I live my life, try to live by the scripture. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace 
with everyone. Now, the Bible does not say that you can live at peace with everyone. But as far as it depends on you, you should try to live at peace with everyone. Now, there are some people that won't reciprocate it. There are some people that don't want it. They, they don't want healing. They don't want restoration. They don't want to have a healthy relationship with you. And so the key is this, is not their response, is your response. Are you trying to mend the relationship? Are you trying to have peace with them? But if you're not even trying, you're not doing what the Scripture requires you to do in your relationships. Do you have issues with somebody right now and you haven't resolved it? Are there family members on your nerves that you don't even talk to and you're not even trying to make it, right? We're talking about relationship skills. Don't burn bridges as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone. Verse 19, do not take revenge, which most people do. Some of you today, you're hurting with your relationship skills. It's stopping you from being a success in life, in your relationships, in your friendships, in your marriage, in your parenting because you take revenge. It says, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. In other words, don't you play God. You let God get even. You let God deal with people. You let God judge people. Verse 20, on the contrary. And now Paul begins to utter the same words that Jesus uttered. He says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Even your enemy, don't burn bridges. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, and some of us are. We're overcome by evil. Somebody does evil to us, we're overcome by evil, and we retaliate. We get even. It's a bad sign of having bad relationship skills. And the scripture goes on to say, overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 14, listen to this, the entire law is summed up in one single command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And some of you are biting people, you're devouring people. And you have to stop gossiping. You've got to stop lying on people. You've got to stop retaliating. You've got to stop fighting. You've got to stop cussing people out. You've got to stop being angry and flying off the handle at people. Listen, the scripture says you will be destroyed by each other. You're going to destroy your future, destroy your life. Don't burn bridges. There's a, second, there's a second way to win in relationships, and that is don't be a taker. Don't be a taker. Listen, takers always want something. You go out to eat with them, they want you to pay. Matter of fact, takers, they dress it up. They're real smooth at how they do it. You go out to eat with them, they say stuff like, oh, I forgot my wallet. You're like, yeah, and you did that last month too. Because you're a taker. And you, you, know, you know, here's how you know a taker. Every time they call you, you don't even answer the phone because you know they want something. How many of you got people like that in your life? You know what I mean? The phone rings. Okay, you finally answer it. You know, they leave a voicemail, call me back. And so you call back. And, and, you know, you know, and, and takers, here's the thing about it. Takers are oblivious to their behavior because they only see things from their perspective. So they don't even know that they're a taker and they think they're actually smoothing it over with you. 
They think they're slick. And you always know, the taker, you know the first thing they do when they get on the phone, they act like they're interested in you. How you doing? How's the kids? Everybody okay? You're like, mm-hmm, come on. What do you want? Because you know they want something. And then they slide it in. You're like, mm-hmm. Because are, they are takers. And so many people have bad relationship skills and don't succeed, don't honor God because they go through life as a taker. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. All my note takers, all my note takers, jot this down, jot this down. This is life changing. This is life changing. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. Here's what I want to encourage you to do in 2013. Start to live life from this perspective. As you approach a life every day, live from this perspective. I'm waking up today to add value to other people. How do I add value to other people? I'm not going to be a taker. I'm going to be a giver. How do I help people succeed in life? How do I help people reach their dreams? How do I help people raise their kids? How do I help people have a better marriage? How do I help people get through singleness until they're married one day? How do I add value to people? Share your ideas. Share your resources. Share your wisdom. You know, oftentimes we, we get good ideas and we're, we, we like to hoard stuff. I'm not telling anybody that. I know the secret to a great marriage. I'm not telling anybody that. I got an idea on this area of, I've got great wisdom. I'm not sharing. No. Be a giver. Live life from the lens. How do I add value to others? And here's the reality. If you will approach life by blessing others and giving to others, you will be blessed in return. That's why the scripture says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Jesus said it like this in Luke 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Give. First you got give, and then it will be given to you. Don't be a taker. Be a giver. Add value to others. People who have great people skills. They approach life by how do I add value to you? And they realize if I refresh others, I will in turn be refreshed. Number three is this. Number three is this. A a third way to win in relationships, and that is treat people the way you want to be treated. If you want to honor God, if you want to succeed in life, treat people the way you want to be treated. The scripture says in Luke 6 and verse 31, do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, notice that this verse doesn't say, do to others as they have done to you. This verse does not say, do to others as they deserve. The scripture says, no, no, as a follower of Jesus, you do to others as you would have them do to you. The scripture says in Matthew 7 and verse 12, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do 
to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. The entire law and the prophets can be summed up with this. Love God with your whole heart, your soul, and your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Or as it's said, said here, it can be summed up with this. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The entire Bible could be summed up with that. Friends, don't respect, disrespect people because you don't want to be disrespected. Don't be rude to people because you don't want people to be rude to you. Don't be a jerk. Wait, pastor, you don't understand. They deserve it. It doesn't matter what they do. Our response is to do to others as we would want them to do to us. Don't cut people off mid-sentence while they're talking so you can get your words in. Now, your pastor struggles with that sometimes. Sometimes I'm listening to people. I'm like, I know what you're going to say. I've heard enough. Ah! And I start talking. Now, that is wrong. That's rude. That's not right. Because I don't want people doing that to me. And so, therefore, I shouldn't do that to other people. Extend grace to people. Don't you want people to extend grace to you when you blow it, when you mess up, when you do something goofy? Don't you want people to extend grace to you? Extend grace to people. Do to others as you want them to do unto you. Listen, believe the best about people because you want people to believe the best about you. Have a positive perspective and outlook on people. Don't be a pessimist when it comes to people because you don't want to be people to be a pessimist when it comes to you. Give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, you can approach life and you're Always not giving people the benefit of the doubt. Well, I know the only reason they did that because they got a bad heart. They got bad. You don't even know their motives. Well, I just, they just got bad motives. You don't know that. And you don't want people not giving you the benefit of the doubt. You don't want people always questioning your motives. You do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Speak to people's potential. Listen, don't just talk to people where they are, but talk to people where they could be and where they should be. I love to be around people like that who don't just see me of where I am, but see me where I could and should be. I, I have a pastor friend, a, a, a friend and a mentor that speaks into my life. And, and, and he says, Herbert, God is blessing you. And many lives are being changed. But you're just scraping the surface, Herbert. You're young. He says, listen, there's 20,000 in you. You keep growing. You keep teaching. You keep loving people. You keep developing as a leader. God wants to do more in you. And he speaks to me, man. Something awakens inside of me like, yeah, I can do. Faith starts arising inside of me to reach my God-given potential to do all that God's called me to do on planet Earth. And listen, I love to be around people who treat me the way they want to be treated, who add value to me, who, who speak life into me, who extend mercy to me, who are kind to me, who are not rude to me. We all want to be around people like that. And we need to be those type of people. A key to winning in relationships is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Number four is this. There's a, a fourth way to win in relationships, and that is express gratitude. Express gratitude. Listen, we live in a very ungrateful society. Matter of fact, I was driving my car this past week, and I was at a stoplight, and I was about 10 cars back at the stoplight, 10 cars or so in front of me, and a man was in a parking lot trying to get into traffic, but the cars were blocking him, and nobody would let him in. And I decided when the light turned green, I was going to let this man into the traffic because perhaps he attended people's church, and he would recognize me. And so I thought, 
So I thought, well, I better, I better let him in. No, but I, I decided to, I decided to let him in traffic. And so I stopped, I stopped so he could pull in. And this man, he pulled into traffic. He didn't acknowledge me. He didn't wave at me. Like, thanks. He didn't give me like the nod, like appreciate that. He didn't even look at me. And the spirit of road rage came all over me. And I thought, I will hit you right now. I will press gas right now. I got this puppy insured up. I will hurt you right now. And I started to think to myself, I wish I wouldn't have let you in. I wish I would have just kept your bad self there. And you would have got three more lights sitting there looking at the parking lot. But I knew I was preaching doing to others as you'd have them doing to you. And so it helped me calm down a little bit. But he was so ungrateful. And so many people go through life just like this man. They expect stuff. They're never grateful. And friends, listen, if you're going to win in life, if you're going to honor God, you have to develop a grateful heart. And the key word I said is you have to develop a grateful heart. The scripture says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 16, it says, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now, this is not a verse just for thanksgiving. This is a verse for everyday life. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And there are a lot of Christ followers that are living outside of God's will because they're not joyful always. They don't pray continually, and many do not give thanks in all circumstances. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. One of the best things that my mother instilled in me as a kid, she instilled it in me, my older brother and my younger sister, she instilled a thankful heart into us kids. I can remember my mama when she would buy us something and give it to us, if we didn't say thank you, my mom would look at us and say, now what do you say? Thank you. Now sometimes she would go, now what do you say? But I, thank you. It didn't matter how small it was. My mama could bring us a cup of water. Now what do you say? Thank you. And I'm so grateful that my mom taught us kids to have a heart of gratitude. Now, my parents taught us a lot of things like we had to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes, sir, no, sir. When our parents called us, Herbert Jr., I better not say, what? Uh-uh. You come. You come, walk through the kitchen, come to where I am. Now, son, go back in the kitchen and give me some water. I'm about to hurt somebody. You could have just said you wanted some water. I'd have got you some. But, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the lessons that they taught me. And you know what? Even to this day, I am so grateful. I can sit and look outside the window at a tree, literally, and go, God, thank you for this tree. Thank you for the birds that are flying. There's not a day that, I, that goes by I don't go, God, thank you. God, I can't believe I get to pastor this church. Thank you. God, thank you for my wife. 
thank you for my kids. Lord, thank you for the people I get to work with. Lord, thank you for this church. I just thank, Lord, thank you. I, I woke up today and could put some clothes on. Lord, thank you for this food I'm about to, thank you. Thank, a heart of gratitude. And you know what? We need to be thankful to people, man. Thank you for helping me. Don't take people for granted. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for cooking dinner. Come on, we take each other for granted. That's why our relationships get so hurt. Thank you for washing the dishes. Thank you for cleaning out the car. No, you better clean out my car. No. Thank you for watching the kids. Be thankful. Let not, not only be thankful for what people do for you, but be thankful for who they are. Thank you for just who you are in my life. Thank you for being a person of integrity. Thank you for always being there for me during tough times. I just appreciate you. I value you. Thank you so much. The scripture says this in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 27. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to act. And so many of us withhold good, withhold kind words, withhold appreciation, withhold thank yous to people that mean the world to us. And we justified by saying, well, well, they know my heart. No, we don't know your heart. People can't see your heart. They don't know your gratitude. You have to express it. You say, well, I told them once. Well, that wasn't enough. That was four years ago. Come on now. I told my wife I do 15 years ago, and I loved her at the altar. We got married at, in Nebraska, but come on. I don't go, well, baby, you know I still love you. I tell her every day. I love you. I appreciate you, babe. I value you. Before I preached the first service today, I texted my wife, I, I love you. I, listen, we've got to, listen, don't wait till people are dead and go to their funeral to appreciate them. Come on. Let people know you appreciate them, that you value them. You want to know how to win in relationships? You want to know how to win? Develop a grateful heart and don't take people or the blessings of God for granted in your life. Number five is this. There's a fifth way to win in relationships, and that is this. Rejoice with those who rejoice. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. And we don't mind mourning with those who mourn. We do pretty good at that. Oh, you poor thing. I know it's tough. I feel your pain. I'm praying for you. I sure hate that it happened to you. And many of us do well mourning with those who mourn. But very few people do well with rejoicing with those who rejoice. Oh, you're getting married? To him? Oh, yeah, I'm happy for you too, yeah. Oh, really? You got the job? You're making more money? Yeah, that, that's awesome. Oh, you applied for the promotion at the job too? Yeah, I applied for that promotion too. Oh, you got the promotion? I'm so excited for you. Oh, you, you got a new house? Really? How many square feet? 
Oh, it's bigger than mine. Yeah, I'm happy for you. We have a tough time rejoicing with those who rejoice. And our relationships are hindered and stifled because we have not learned to rejoice with those who rejoice. Instead of rejoicing, we get upset. We get jealous. We talk about them. Have you ever noticed? You can always tell when somebody's jealous. I've seen this before even in ministry. As I've traveled across the country and preached in different churches, there have been times I've been with a pastor across the nation, and and he's talking to me about his church, and then he starts talking about that other church in town. Like, yeah, that other church, yeah, yeah, they're, they're growing over there and reaching people, but I'm telling you. I know they're watering down the gospel. I mean, he ain't even been in that church, but, but, but because it's, no, no, you're jealous. And you haven't learned the value of rejoicing with those who rejoice, can I tell you, it would revolutionize your 2013 if you would genuinely learn to rejoice and high five and throw a party with those who are rejoicing and not just in their face. Because you can throw a party in their face and then you call one of those prayer meetings behind their back. We need to pray for such and such. They're getting full of pride. I know they're, they're getting close to pride, all that stuff happening. Let's pray for them. You have not learned to rejoice with those who rejoice. And can I tell you, it's a sad thing that many of us could never share the way the Lord has blessed our life with other people because they wouldn't rejoice with us. And the body of Christ, that should not be. We should rejoice with those who rejoice. And that's how you win in relationships.